0: I'm going to shut this down right now. (laughs) Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. My name is Alex, but you can call me Senpai and join me tonight. I have our poser extraordinaire, Natai. Say hello, Natai.
1: Welcome to the CryCast, everyone yes 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 <laughs>
0: also we've been drinking so go easy on us <laughs> <laughs> but yes it, it's it it's high, it may be a year late but it won't be a dollar short we are finally you and i are finally sitting down to do a spoiler cast of one of only two movies i've ever cried at mm. while watching it in theaters <laughs> and that is makia when the promised flower blooms it's, or about, it's, time. Yeah, it's about time yeah japanese title let's decorate the promised flowers in the morning of farewells that's just silly title but anyway i'm i'm kind of glad i mean that's a usual, the usual
1: that's the usual for mario kata and a weird title so whatever
0: that is true yeah is, so yeah this is a movie by mario kata uh mario kata probably best known for anohana um, anohana yeah um I mean she also wrote keys not we don't talk about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> she also wrote the script for the uh studio dean version of fate stay night i believe is that true i think she was a script writer on that yes I, I uh, did, on, I did not let me look know that up that. real quick uh yes yeah, she was she was indeed the script writer for the studio dean fate stay night which that's... somehow has still has a 7.4 on mal i don't know how mm. but it does
1: um that's interesting. Yeah, okay.
0: Mario Kada's become known for really emotional storytelling. And I apparently and
1: apparently CG Dragons if she's responsible and, for Fight Stay Night.
0: Yeah, and CG <laughs> Dragons um let's again not talk about that. <laughs> um, but in this case she didn't just write, she was the director, scriptwriter, storyboard director and I believe co-producer of Machia. Mm.
1: Um, Yeah, this is like she had
0: many many hats for this movie.
1: This is like her first directing job as well.
0: Yes, this this was her directorial debut. Yeah, Um, she's really known for her writing style more so than anything else. But yeah, this was her directorial debut. I have to say, what a fantastic directorial debut!
1: Yeah, this is like a big one, honestly.
0: Yeah. uh, Wow.
1: Like, you'd think with your directorial debut, you'd go for something a bit, like, small-scale, you know? Like, something intimate, like Anohana, for example, something along those lines. But, nah, (laughs) she went for the big one.
0: Yeah, and for your directorial debut to be a feature is something else, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously, PA Works, who were the studio behind this, had a lot of faith in not only the script that she was able to pin, but her... Uh, abilities as an animator and director and th- right. th- thank goodness because what we actually ended up getting was really good and considering this is an anime original that's even better in my mind
1: aren't most of her works though are like original correct me if uh, I'm, yeah.
0: a lot of the stuff that she's worked on yes uh, obviously with the exception of Fate Stay night
1: <laughs> yeah obviously
0: but yeah, a lot of the stuff that she's worked on is original, or it's something stuff that's loosely based on source material, but not like strictly source material based.
1: Right. Yeah. But by um, the way, if we weren't clear enough, we're going to spoil the entirety of the movie.
0: Yeah, well, it's a spoiler cast. So yeah. You, you know, you kind of <laughs> when you clicked on it, you knew what you were getting when it said spoiler cast there. Um. So sh- should we start with the technical stuff or should we start with the story?
1: Um, yeah, sure. Let's start with the technical aspects of the movie. Cause...
0: All right. F- I, first off, I want to say the the soundtrack for this A plus. Uh, I don't think there. I don't think there could have been. Maybe if Hiroyuki Sawano had done the soundtrack, <laughs> maybe it would have been better. But that's the only way I think it could have been better. I
1: don't think you can have a Sawano drop in this movie with a straight face on. It. Like, let's be frank. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although, although I would not put it past Hiroki Suwana to come up with a really emotional soundtrack.
1: Sure, sure. He's more than capable of making sweet, sweet tear tearjerkers. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get to um, our Attack on spoiler podcast, you'll know. Anyway.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's just anything that we talk about. Well, we uh, Back when we did our premiere spoiler cast, he did the, the music in that movie, too, and it was amazing.
1: True, true. Anyway.
0: Um, yeah, this the music in this was done by Kinji Kawai, mm. uh, not Kawai Kawai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name doesn't mean scary.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs>
0: um, some I'm, I'm just kind of going through some of the stuff that he's done. He has done the uh, music for both seasons of Mob Psycho 100.
1: Yeah, yeah, phenomenal work there as well.
0: Did the music for Ranma One Half, which had some really good music in it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty, like prolific when it comes to me i'm just looking through all of it now
1: i mean a lot of a a lot of the staff on this movie are like pretty like you know big names in this industry which is i don't know if it's the same because there is this one specific team that mario kata always brings for most of her projects for anohana Mm -hmm. and for the upcoming one she's working on that i can't for the life of me i can't remember the name of that team but she she tends to like get around and like bring over a lot of super talented like artists to her like big projects which is cool. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah, but yeah, just the music and the the sound design in general like there's there's a scene there's a scene toward the end of the movie where they have there were the Mazarte, uh, the uh the main like civilization where this story takes place and is being invaded Right, and there's like this battle going on and it, that the sound design in that particular sequence is really really good.
1: Yeah, the sound design in general, like, the, the opening scene with her, like, you know, uh, getting the baby out of his dead mother's grasp, you know, that's... Oh, the, God, the,
0: and you hear the crackling of the bones. and it's Yeah, like, that's...
1: Uh, it gets a... Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's to make it you like you're you're cringing but you're like oh yes that's really good
1: oh we forgot to mention like right before we started recording we both watched the movie together it wasn't the first mm. time for any of us yes. it, for me yeah, it was um, second time for you it was for me it was second.
0: the third because i'm a masochist um, yeah
1: so like this is super fresh um but yeah like that that part got like audible gaps and out of us so yeah it
0: did its job. And just imagine seeing it in theaters and hearing that in surround sound. Mm 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 boy, mm no. Ooh. Uh, but Yeah, it just there's so many great technical aspects of this. Another thing you mentioned it while we were watching the movie together, um the background art is just it, it's so wonderful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like we, we were we were we uh, were really admiring the architecture of a lot of the buildings and like Especially like the main castle, fortress, whatever it is, in the center of the city. Yeah, it's like it's so well designed. And you said it looked like the Sydney Opera House. Yeah, which is it kind really reminds. not me of that. a bad comparison because it has a lot of sharp angles in it.
1: Also, like Makia's like home country, like the the whole architecture of where where they make mm. the hibio, uh, the La cloth, That's also there's something like super ethereal about the architecture of that place that looked like wonderful and it, also it looks,
0: there's a there's a great it's a great contrast between you see like this very worldly architecture in yeah. mazarte and then you see this like really fantastical almost magical architecture of where makia and her people are from
1: and then on the other side of the spectrum I have like this industrial town where like they end up working which also like contrasts very well with the ethereal sort of place that she came from yeah so it's cool and,
0: and and the architecture itself it lends itself to have to making the world seem very lived in because mm-hmm. all, some of the buildings that or actually a great majority of the buildings look somewhat run down and lived in and used and they don't they don't look like they were built yesterday.
1: Yeah, you can see that especially in the farm where she grows up with Ariel. Mm. You see like just the it feels authentic, right? And as you said, lived in.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's something that a lot of so, well, i won't say a lot but some anime tend to overlook when they're doing world building like yeah mm. world building is part of you know story writing but it's also part of design right where if you're if you don't have it, it, unless it's a completely new place that you're going to as in it was just built it should look lived in everything shouldn't look brand new like it was built yesterday
1: most like a lot of like uh, beloved sci-fi and movies and tv shows in the west as well sort of take that approach like i mean look at star wars yeah star-, is I mean, star wars sort of and yeah star wars it,
0: kind of pioneered that idea mm-hmm, in, exactly in western science fiction movies prior to that it, a lot of science fiction was really flashy just seemed, and
1: clean and slick right
0: yes i mean a, a great example of that would be star trek like mm-hmm. every single episode of star trek the ship looks like it was built yesterday
1: yeah it's it's a cool approach and it makes your world feel lived in and just oh like
0: it makes it feel very much more alive. Yeah, um, it, and believe and believable.
1: Believe, it feels like it feels like a world that existed prior to the story and after the story. Yes,
0: right? yes, it, it, it's 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 really I won't say frustrating because that's the wrong word. It, it's it's something that's so easily overlooked when you're doing uh, like background art design mm-hmm. that. It, it's great when it when it's done and it's done really well, like it's done in Machia, it's I appreciate it so much,
1: yeah, and like the fact that we are talking about the background art of this movie just goes to show like it's so like for the most part it's all the the entire of the movie is so well executed in terms of the production itself, right yeah, like we talking mean, about the, <laughs> we talk about starting the out with all
0: the technical aspects of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we 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 like we talked about also like the color choices for each character. We talk about like the, it just it except like personally, I feel like it. Not gonna lie, some of the CG isn't great, but aside from that, like it's so well put together and well th- thought out, you know. Like yeah. how things I
0: can I can forgive the few moments where it has some questionable CG. I mm. will say something that they did really well with the CG is tracking shots. There's right, three of right. them. There's three really great tracking mm-hmm. shots in this movie that are done with CGI, and they're all three of them are done yeah, like the, really well.
1: The beginning with that like dragon thing that's like chasing Machia in the tower. like it looks so good. That's such a good shot.
0: I'll be honest. It's set up, and it looks like it could have been done in live action. Yeah, that's how well done it is. Mm-hmm. Because tracking shots in general are really difficult to do in animation, at least to make them look good. But yeah. In in live action, they're typically done pretty well because it's just it's a camera on a rig. Yeah. that Follows the characters around. Whereas in animation, you're having to constantly change the background and the position of characters. Like the, and the yeah, and you have like a two
1: D character that's like in a three space style, so it makes it you try and. You you don't want it to look jarring, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've seen tracking shots in anime just completely fuck up your believability of an entire scene just because they're so horrendously done. But the way the tracking shots in Maki are done, it's, it's so beautiful. I like it's almost like a masterclass in putting two D characters in three D space. Like more animators should watch. Is like this is how it should be done.
1: Another case of that, just by the way, because like. You mentioned it, like *Kizumonogatari* is also like a fantastic film that does that. That it has it has two D characters put in three D environments. It's done so so well.
0: Oh yeah, well *Kizumonogatari*, which is we should do a spoiler cast just for *Kizumonogatari* really at some point <laughs> of all three of those movies. But there's like there's a like fifteen minute long scene or so in the third *Kizumonogatari* movie, which is uh, it's the fight between. Koyomi and Kishat were. Right. That's almost all tracking shots. The mm-hmm. entire scene from start to finish is almost entirely made up of tracking shots. And but like, it, yeah. bless Shaft for putting themselves through that. But <laughs> we're not here to talk about Kizumonogatari. It no. is, but it is a good example of tracking shots done well.
1: But also, like, uh, what was it like when it, like the cinematography as well in Maki, I Just it, like, there's so many shots that I just. It, it looks so good. It's like a real, like the, like the shot composition. So again, like I keep saying, but it's, it, it it's so well put together and so thought out, you know, it seems like there's yes. a lot of time and consideration and was put in a lot of these scenes.
0: Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the cinematography. Um, uh, So so one thing the movie has an ample amount is time skips due right. to the nature of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we, especially John has complained about, um, anime kind of not doing very well i mean and fiction in general sometimes just fucks up time skips yeah. i know that in some stories especially this one they're they're 100 necessary mm-hmm. because of the plot of this you know what's being to- the story being told yeah um but it's so easy cinematog. what's the- cinematographically? <laughs> Okay. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a word or not. Keep but I'm going to use it. Um, it. It's so easy to mess it up that way, but it's not done that way in in Machia. Um, so every time there's a time skip, it's almost like instantaneous, yeah. and you have to you have to rely on you know the way the characters look or the way the scene is composed or you know. Something else to give you that, that hint that time is skipped because there's no there's no like, you know, black screen with text that comes up this is like eight years later. Yeah. Like, no. You have to figure it out for yourself. It's also I, I, I give credit to, to Mario Kata on this. She thinks her audience is smart enough to figure that out on their own. Yeah, She's not like pandering they, to the audience.
1: And they're utilizing the fact that it's a visual medium, right? And they're utilizing it for its full effect. You know, they, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where it's pretty much show don't tell, which like Personally, I really appreciate it. Someone loves cinema. Like you can tell, you can infer a lot from like character acting and like just do editing in general. It just mm, it's it yeah. feels so good.
0: <laughs> but I'm like, just use cinematography to do your time skips. It's, it's yeah. It may be more difficult to set up, but it's it definitely when you when you execute it well, it's so good.
1: Both the cinematography and the and the character designs. I mean, I. Like I said it while we watched it, but my favorite part of the movie is when the they are in the industrial the city, right? Where they, mm-hmm. where Machia is working in the bar and Ariel is like working in the mines or whatever. That that whole section is, in, in my opinion, just perfect. It's really good, and um, and I love how much you can infer from the first scene. You see Makia running around this bar and you know serving people and she has this new design which looks fantastic and then. Early is walking inside and he's not making eye contact with her. And that helps, like, you know, establish where that relationship between between the two is at at that moment. And also it has another one of my favorite shots in the movie where the soldiers are coming in. And then they you have this, like, view from uh, the the top side of the bar, right? This balcony inside that they look down on the rest of the folks that are, like, drinking there. Like, that whole mm-hmm. scene itself is so well done. Like in terms of
0: like yeah. the production itself, yeah. And again, another another aspect of cinematography is character design. Mm. Um, and in in that particular scene, that that scene where Ariel's like a teenager, um, and they're in that the industrial part of the city, and you know, like you say, um, Makia has the job at the bar, and he goes off to the factory to work. Right. Um, throughout that entire sequence, throughout that entire point in in Ariel's life. Uh, he and Makia wear contrasting colors. Yeah. Whereas which in, I didn't, I didn't in no notice other, in no other part up. of the movie, in no other part of the movie do they do that.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't notice it till you pointed it out, which is cool because, again, it reinforces like where the relationship is at at that moment, which is mm-hmm. cool, you know.
0: I was like, oh, Mario Kata, so many small details like this. I like, that's why I love watching your stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I love it when, like, because character clothing is, again, another tool to tell your story it's, for example i i've been re-watching some episodes of fma the original one actually and there's a small little detail that i really really like that in the first episode like before uh, you know that happened um, so ed is wearing this like black shirt with a red sort of like tint to it right and then you skip mm-hmm. forward like 10 years and again he's with his red coat it's like it's I mean, kind of obvious, but it's a small detail, detail to let your audience know, oh, it's the same card because again, he's wearing the same color. Right? It's like, yeah. it's not mind-blowing, but it's like these small details that keep reinforcing whatever you're trying to convey to your audience, which make this medium so compelling, you know? So it's yeah. great to see it like, being performed in that way.
0: Well, it's like, you and I mentioned it when we did the JoJo's Part 5 reviews. Um, uh, toward the end of that, I was always questioning why uh, David mm, Production chose to go with the pink outfit instead of the yeah. traditional blue outfit that he actually wears in the manga. And then we find I, I realized at the end when he changes to a black shirt, it's such a it's a, such a better contrast from pink to black than from blue to black. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: it's like it's like these small details of cinematography. and It's like yes, please. By the way, Jojo Color oh,
1: theory is a whole other can of worms, but that's for another well, day. <laughs> Yes, yeah.
0: I just I wanted to point that out. It's a very similar thing to how Maki and Ariel wear the contrasting colors only sure. in that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the point of the movie in which they're having the most conflict between them.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, just, for
0: oh, sure. It's, it's such a small detail, but so good.
1: What What did you think of, like... as? Okay, so the time skips in my opinion also help the pace of the movie as well, like... Again, the movie is paced super well for like for the scope of it, but what did you think of like how quick the, like the beginning of the movie turned from oh, this is nice and pleasant to okay shit
0: <laughs> yeah uh, it, it does like it, within five to eight minutes you go from like this really idyllic village where everyone seems really happy and they're doing their own little thing and then all of a sudden it's like boom, everything comes in and everything is gone yeah everything is ripped from you i i personally loved it because it while it, yes it is somewhat fast-paced um it sets the tone for what's to come right whereas you know there's going to be times in the movie where things are going to be really happy and then stuff's going to happen and it's not going to be so great
1: yeah like the entire movie like it managed to balance the uh peaceful and the super intense um uh, beats super well actually again, now that I rewatched it, it doesn't feel too jarring when it goes from both sides of peaceful and uh, intense and, you know, depressing. Yeah, <laughs> which,
0: is, which is amazing because I think about uh, having to explain this to, like, a producer or something on paper, that's got to be really hard. Like, on paper, this doesn't seem like it would work. But mm. it, in in practice, it does.
1: Mm. So, what did, I think we can go ahead and talk more about story details. What did you think of... Because... I, okay, so I, I think there there's one thing that holds this movie from being like a really like a masterpiece. You know, I think it's it's a fantastic film, but I think there's something that's holding back. And to me, it's sort of like it tries to juggle a lot of different themes, but it doesn't yes. seem to connect all of them together as well as it wants to, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. so basically what you're saying that it's throwing a lot at you at, basically one time and it's saying here you juggle these
1: to some extent like because okay so like to me like the film shines the most and is probably about like parenthood and you know the relationship between parents and those children right you you can agree with me about that
0: oh yeah yeah the the definite theme i would say if i were to boil the theme down of Machia into a single sentence it would be the question what does it mean to be a good mother
1: right but that's not all of it it's also okay you have it's like it's a it's this the movie is about that but it's also about uh, legends it's also about like you know times changing it's also about uh, coming of age it's also about um uh, industrializing versus you know uh, to some extent nature sort of it's it, there's a lot of shit going on in it
0: do you know, you bring this up, and it brings up something that I've thought about with this movie for a while now. Ever, mm-hmm. I, actually, ever since I watched it for the first time in theaters. And it's, I wonder what would have happened had Mario Kata been allowed to expand the story into, like, a 12 or 13 episode series.
1: Uh, I, I don't feel like, it, uh, like, sometimes I hear that about movies, and I feel like, actually, for this one, I don't think it would have served it right um i i think it would have just got like got the story to be more stretched out and would it wouldn't it wouldn't have flown well as a series. I think as a movie it flows really well from one scene to the next. Maybe. I I
0: will In say one thing I would have liked to have seen more of and this has to do a little bit with world building is um one of the one of the things that and you kind of mentioned it one of the things that you see throughout the course of the movie is this um the society that they end up living in, uh, mm-hmm. Ariel and uh, Machia Mizarte, um, you kind when you when you're first introduced to it, it's a um, it's a society that's in the process of expanding, and over right. the course of the story, you're watching it slowly collapse in on itself mm-hmm. because it's become very arrogant and it's sort of refusing to change with the times. Um, and, and I again, think that that particular element of it would have been really cool to see fleshed out a little longer.
1: Yeah, and again that's like and that's another like the, there's also like this thing with cycles in this movie because again you you get to this like civilization and then by the end of the movie it's now crumbling because it's invaded by a different nation which is not so different from where this city was back when the movie started, you know. So it's mm-hmm. like and I just the, like, the cyclical nature of like there's so many things in this movie that are around cycles because again the movie begins with um makia saving this child and that's with makia helping this woman like give birth to a child and like in that specific case that's like an emotional path that really works but in terms of like the like the, the different nations it's like it's like a moment like, oh, that's cool, but it doesn't feel like it's saying anything. And maybe it's not trying to say anything. Maybe I'm just, like, thinking about it too hard, but it's like, I don't know, it feels like the movie has a lot of things it's trying to, like, throw at you, but they're not really most... Some of them do, but not all of them connect that well together. That's what I feel like, you know?
0: Yeah, I certainly, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, And I think there's a lot of, a lot of, truth of what you're saying um mm. it it does try to the movie itself does try to balance as much of those themes as it can at one time and there are there are times where it's like okay this is great but um does this really is, are you really trying to say anything with this or is this just fluff for the background
1: mmm um, and again, not to discredit the movie because the, what it does, well, it does fantastically. Again, like the like the heart of the movie is Maki and Ari's relationship, and that is like mm. done phenomenally. Like the, the writing, the acting, the everything about it—that's perfect.
0: But I don't think the story would have been, or the movie itself would have been received as well or even been as well done had it not had that other stuff around
1: it. maybe maybe that like the the, everything else adds a lot more weight and you know to some extent melodrama again it's mario kata for better or for worse and i don't want the movie without all of that i I would never want the movie any different in terms of like discarding those elements i just feel Mm -hmm. like maybe i'm missing something i just feel like some of these elements just don't quite come together as well as i would would have hoped for
0: yeah i, I can definitely see that um i don't know the, and you mentioned like maybe it's not trying to say anything some of these things especially like this societal collapse may not actually be trying to say anything in, yeah, you know, maybe in it's just reference a... to the main yeah. story but they do kind of unintentionally tie into things that are very believable
1: mm.
0: yeah sure uh for example like the um the society that they live in, Mazarte, kind of collapsing in on itself after going through an industrial revolution, is very analogous to what happened to the Holy Roman Empire after the first industrial revolution in Europe. Yeah, that's right. Because a lot of the nations around it is hard to gang up on, and it's like, yo, you're not keeping up with the times. We're coming in to take this over from you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. I so maybe, know. It's it, maybe it just maybe it serves to just um, make it's the like showing our world out, like, itself to come more believable. Up and...
1: Yeah, like or or they like they had it coming all along or whatever mm. along those lines maybe. Um, what did you think of like the characters themselves? Like we can go from let, let's talk about Makia and Ariel first because again they're like, um, the most impar- important characters in the movie.
0: Well, you and I mentioned this. I want to talk about the names for a second. Um, sure. There's a lot of names in this movie that end with L. And a lot of real world names that end with L come from Hebrew?
1: Yeah, so like L in Hebrew means God, right? So you have mm-hmm. the name Ariel and you have the name Daniel, but we need to like make a quick distinction because there's a lot of names in the movie that are also like Hazel, but that doesn't necessarily mean Hazel, right? We need to make a yeah. quick distinction. Uh but yeah like but the Ariel is a Hebrew name isn't yeah, it Yeah Ariel is a Hebrew name uh, yeah. it's yeah which What is does it actually mean in Hebrew? Uh I think like let me. Let me fact check that back real quick. Like the language <laughs> lessons wouldn't <with Nittai. laughs> I'll fact the fact check that real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. as far as I can remember it is like named after like uh, an angel but I might be wrong after uh, might be wrong uh
0: all i know is it's the name of a mermaid so
1: yeah (laughs) god damn it um it is like is a different name for jerusalem and the holy uh, temple and it's taken from the bible yeah okay so that's that's what interesting and yeah anyway that's that um i don't think it does anything like in the movie that sort of works for that let me think Kind of? Eh? 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 I don't know. But it is, a, like, an interesting, like, anecdote. Because there... I can't... Uh, for life of me, I can't remember which one. But it was another character named like that. Maybe I'm wrong. But whatever.
0: Um, I don't know... I just thought that the naming the naming of a lot of these characters is very interesting like machia um, technically comes from Spanish. Um,
1: what does it mean do you know
0: um, in well it's a more of a South American word than anything else and it means like reach as in like not the verb reach but
1: um, oh like a, like a the uh, like a geography like being able to project thing? yourself oh okay, okay that kind of reach gotcha okay interesting
0: um i don't know if that's intentional on mario Kata's part but i think it may be oh. just a foreign sounding word that's easy to pronounce in japanese
1: also ariel is like sort of a combination of the words lion and god so that's also kind of works. That's now, I don't think about it. yeah that's what that works uh don't know why i didn't think about it yeah.
0: um But in in terms of actual design, um, I I love a lot of the characters' design. I I also love the fact that since this uh, story takes place over many, many years, the Mm. actual design of the characters changes to reflect that, Um, especially with Makia, who starts out as this really, like, uh, it it may not be, but I'm going to say bleached blonde, very brightly blonde-colored hair. Yeah, Um, then
1: she dyes her hair because, you know, she's trying to hide her identity and all that good stuff. Well,
0: and also, she dyes her hair to be a very similar color to Ariel's. Yeah i mean makes sense yeah it's like i may not be your mother but i'm gonna sure try and look like it
1: <laughs> which is also a funny note because then when you get to that part where they're in the industrial city one of the characters talk- you will know, ask sarah say is she like your sister or anything because at that point he's like grown up and she still remains mm-hmm. in her like child sort of form look whatever which is yeah. interesting
0: It's also it's also worth mentioning that, and you kind of you asked this because you didn't remember um, when we first started watching the movie together um, about how this story is about motherhood, and you never actually see Makia have a mom, Mm -hmm. and it's it's mentioned later on that she doesn't remember ever having parents at all, Um, and in the very beginning of the story she's kind of she's seen living with the the elder. village elder yeah um so i guess you can assume from that that she is an orphan
1: yeah that's that's a, that's something strange as well that it's like not really developed much that all aspect that she doesn't have I, I don't know i mean it makes sense because then she doesn't know what, how she's supposed to act as a mother teriel but it's like
0: i I think it's uh, now i i have nothing to go on with this but i think this is uh this may be mario kata actually saying that you don't actually like like motherhood is something that's ingrained in women like Mm. you don't necessarily have to see it done to be a good parent or be a good mother Mm. like you can instinctively know what's how to be a good mother or a good parent
1: not that i would know as a male but whatever
0: well, I, that's why I said, <laughs> I'm parent, kidding, I'm because kidding. Because you could be a father.
1: I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, sure, that makes some sense. Yeah, to some extent. I guess I, I can get behind that.
0: Yeah. I mean, just because uh, obviously it's the ideal thing to be raised by your parents, but if you're not, it doesn't mean that you yourself will go on to necessarily be a bad parent.
1: Mm. So lately, well, I mentioned it before, but uh, but I did finish Clannette, and that show also like talks about parenting and parenthood and you know the relationship between parents and children and whatnot and family what did you what do you feel about that about shows that are like centered around that type of story you know because i, I having a hard time remembering more aside from a kian clan but you know
0: yeah i i give it a say i personally personally i love it um as someone myself who really wants to be a parent someday, um, I, I love watching stuff like this, and I, I think that there should be more. St- I'm not saying that there should be a lot of stuff, but there should definitely be more stuff out there mm. geared at um, these questions for people who are, you know, thinking about becoming parents one day. Because it's it, it's a great question because there's no there's no definitive guide out there for I mean there are, there are parenting books out there sure but there's no yeah. definitive guide out there for how to raise a good child yeah. so it's it's great fodder for for stories like this that ask this kind of question and i think these are two great examples Makia and clanad are great examples of stories that ask this question and you you get two Two really great example or two really great answers to that question. And in the case of Clanad, you actually get examples of how to be a good parent and a bad parent.
1: Yeah, for sure. Whereas
0: in Maki, you're just seeing how to be a good parent.
1: Yeah, that whole like I-, I keep coming back to that part of the movie because again, it's just my favorite. That whole part of like her conflict with Ariel is just so it's so fascinating because it feels real, you know, mm-hmm. like. A lot of us probably, I've been there in that type of like situation with a parent, and like we get into these types of fights. It's, yeah, it's great.
0: Where like, but yeah, you're you're not mature enough to realize why your parents will tell you no, but you can't do something, so you just get all huffy and puffy, and it's like, mm, I don't like you anymore. I hate you. <laughs> that scene, that scene where Makia and, and Ariel are in their like room in the inn, and he get, <laughs> he comes home drunk.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> one's his great. His friends
0: get him drunk, <laughs> and then they get into that argument, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Yeah, they, he he steps on the hebiol, and he's like no, 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 no.'" Um, and he's like, "I hate that thing. Why do you keep it around? I want you to throw it away." And then she just slaps the shit out of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> A well-deserved slap.
0: As someone who's been slapped pretty hard by my mother in the past, I can, <laughs> I can really relate to that. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not my finest moment in my life, and I don't like to revisit it very often. But, yeah, I mean, I've had those moments with my parents. It's like you're you're so immature and you don't realize how – I hate using this term, but how the world works. Um, and your parents just have that experience that you don't, and they have to kind of shake the sense into you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Also, it And it, go, like, it does
0: cause a lot of conflict between parents and children in real life. And it, it's great to see it reflected this way. Again, it's another one of the things about the story that makes us so believable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Also, it like, goes back to like the previous sort of fight that they had when Ariel was younger and like, Makia can't find work, which means she can't find food for both of them. And then she comes mm-hmm. home and he's like, playing with the uh, whatever. The, the loom? He... Yeah, that one. And like she gets super upset and she sort of breaks down, but then she realizes like, nah, this is this isn't right, you know. Like I'm it's, here for both like, of this us. This isn't
0: worth yelling at him over.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, and it's like both of them sort of learn from each other, which is again that's like like the best type of relationships, really.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I've been told by so many people, especially people my age that have now gone on to have children of their own, that they they say that it grounds them, like having a child grounds them more so than anything else in their life. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of truth to that, even though I myself have no experience with it just because I've seen it happen so many times, people that I know and people that I'm friends with. And again, you're you see, it's another thing that you see that makes Makia so believable is you actually see her get grounded into reality by her relationship with Ariel, as raising her as her son, mm-hmm. raising him as her son.
1: And then the movie also shows you what type of like how you can like become less of a person if you're sort of like not in a good relationship with your like child. If you even have one. Like, for example, um, I keep forgetting her name. Fuck. Uh, Lalia? Yeah, she. So, like, for the (laughs) entirety of the movie, she's separated from her daughter and she's, like, angry. She's going slowly insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, it's awful.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's interesting. You actually. with with Lelia, I am glad you brought that up. With Lelia, you actually see two different types of insanity going on. So she, she gets she gets basically forced away from her homeland and is forced into a relationship with this prince who's trying to bring in new blood into their like royal bloodline because they realize that the hold they have over the the nations around them is fading away because they have these little flying dragon things that are dying off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're like well we have another ace up our sleeve we'll just bring in new bloodlines and we'll be our you know our our princes and our kings from now on will be immortal um and so she's forcibly ripped away from her homeland to go basically be a consort for a prince um and then when she actually has the child the child is ripped away from her she's not allowed to see her and then you also have the character of Krim, who in the beginning is in love with lelia
1: um
0: And again, as Lelia is forced away, you know, to go be this prince's consort, you see him over time kinda go slowly mad with being separated from her. Yeah. And he he get he <laughs> But I love the I love how he's portrayed because in the very beginning you're like oh he's this is a sweet love you know love yeah. child almost but by the end
1: he's like super pathetic but and really. at,
0: at the at, at the end he's like yeah super he's like a pathetic and he's just becomes so he's become so enraged and like tied up in his own quest for revenge and to get Lelia back that he can't see anything else going on around him it's the only thing that he can see is getting lilia
1: back and when she when when he reaches that goal and she's like not uh, like you know she's not going on going with him he's like fuck it fuck it i'm gonna burn everything i
0: like i like i like how he approaches that like you can tell that he's you can tell that he's actually seen this outcome in his mind because he comes with like the torch that's like lit and on fire and shit, and he's like, "All right, come back with me." And, she, and he rejects her. He's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna <laughs> shut this down right now. <laughs> I'm killing both of us." Yeah. Which is, if you think about it, that's very Romeo and Juliet esque.
1: Yeah, to some extent. Yeah. yeah.
0: There's actually there's there's quite a few uh, allusions to Shakespeare in this. I mean, the fact that um, the fact that the hebeol is basically a tapestry that mm-hmm. is like analogous to uh, one's life and the passage of time is yeah. uh, is a theme that you see in a couple of different Shakespeare plays, uh, most notably The Tempest and um, The Merchant of Venice. Mm-hmm. Um, you see like the, the idea of a tapestry being used as an analog for the passage of time or someone's life. So that mm. was really cool to see in that too.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I also,
0: I love, I love the fact that you see going back to my original point. I love the fact that you, with Lelia and Grimm, you see two different types of insanity. One from someone being ripped away from their homeland and their lover and one from someone being ripped away from their own child.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also it's like, just a small note about the Hebrew. It's like cool that they're sort of their own language that they write into the cloth itself, which is like just mm-hmm. a neat detail, I guess. Um, I,
0: al- you... I almost wonder if if that's mm-hmm. also supposed to be an analog to something that happened during World War Two. Okay. Because there were a lot a lot of uh, secret messages were um, implanted in uh, tapestry designs. Like, for hmm. blankets and for, you know, sheets and bedding um, that were given out. So, it was a way for the Allies to secretly send messages.
1: Could be. I don't know. Do They hid, wanna... hid
0: Morse code in the designs.
1: <laughs> do you want to talk about the ending or not hmm. yet? Because the I ending mean, we is can, a we can, say, we
0: can say the ending for the end, but there are a couple other things I want okay. to talk about. Sure. Um, uh, st- so, story-wise... Um, One thing I did want to talk about, so do you think it's... the scene with the dog i want to
1: talk about the scene with uh, the dog. oh i fucking hate that scene <laughs> you hate that when scene i first watched you think the... it was written
0: by you, know, uh, you think it was written by a because a dog died
1: well when i first watched the movie like a while ago that 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 was the only scene that really got me because it was like uh i don't like it <laughs> but again, yeah
0: speaking of analogies there's so many analogies to that scene so in mm. you know in the real world Um, Mm -hmm. humans and dogs are a lot like maki and everyone else we hopefully human beings outlive dogs uh, by a pretty wide margin i mean you're kind of lucky if a dog lives to be 20 years old yeah whereas most humans have well at least humans in the west have a life expectancy anywhere between 75 and 80 years yeah um the same thing can be said for maki and everyone else around her i mean they they never give, like, an actual timeline. It's sort of implied that they're not necessarily immortal, but that her race they lives an inordinately long, long time. Yeah. Like, maybe a thousand years. Whereas the human beings have the average, you know, 50 to 75-year life. You mean
1: that years. whole, like, sort of idea of, like, to some extent parents burying their own children?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is kind of what happens at the end of the story, but we'll save that. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, that that... That scene so brilliantly echoes what you actually do see at the end
1: that's true actually movie. yeah
0: um, and it, it's great foreshadowing um, that you don't really think about the first time that you see it you actually really I only realized it the second time that I saw how great foreshadowing that was and even mm. maki herself she has to kind of steal herself away from this and kind of run away from it because she has that realization when um, I, th- I think it's Ariel that actually asked the question. Um, yeah. Is does, does everyone die? And she has to run away because she starts crying. She's like, you know, that's eventually going to happen to Ariel. I'm going to have to bury him too.
1: Hmm.
0: It's it's a great it's a great foreshadowing scene, and it, it it's so analogous to what Machia goes through with everyone else around her.
1: Yeah, that's that true. That isn't
0: you know one of her own people. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's. It is kind of also analogous to parents having to bury their own children, which is never which is something a thing you that happens. Have to
1: yeah, do. yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's something that happens. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah,
0: but it is. It isn't. I have enormous amounts of sympathy, probably more so for anyone else than parents that have to bury their own children, because I can't imagine what that's like. It should always be the other way around.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you a story uh, uh, maybe after the recording that sort of relates to it because it's kind of awful. But, yeah, it's uh, it's the worst thing ever, really.
0: Wow, I'm looking forward to you telling me an awful story.
1: Uh, You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I think
0: that definitely leads us into the ending, though, if we want to talk about that now. Because we've been talking yeah, for sure. what, about 50 w- minutes or so now.
1: Yeah, sure, we can talk about this uh Fuck. Fuck this I movie. Do, I, <laughs> I
0: do want to say though, before we actually do get into the ending, so mm-hmm. one criticism I have heard of this movie story is that a lot of the story, especially like the main plot, um revolves around people specific people being in the right place at the right time. Um a good example of that is when um Ariel's wife, I'm assuming wife, they never actually show them getting married, but um it's it it says, is. Yeah. yeah you kind of assume that they've been married um but she's having ariel's kid and she goes into labor like the second he leaves after the attack starts which is very convenient
1: yeah i mean i like we mentioned before but again sort of mario kind of loves melodrama to some extent and it's like i'm not even surprised anymore okay so uh do you want to talk about the ending now <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
0: I guess we can. We've been talking for a little while now. It's uh, probably as good a time as any.
1: So, okay. So, what was your reaction when first time we watched it?
0: The first time I watched, well, when I watched this originally, I was in theaters with about I want to say at least thirty five to forty, you know, blabbering otaku like me. Um, (laughs) There were there were very few dry eyes in the theater. Um, It's not
1: an easy ending.
0: It's not. It's not. And, and I, I mentioned this to you while we were watching it. So if the if the movie had ended right after you see um, Lelia and Makia ride off on the little dragon thing, mm-hmm. um, it it still would have been a really good movie and a really good story. But for me, what comes everything that comes after that scene is what makes it a great movie in my mind. Yeah, I agree. Um, because it that those last little bits just tie up so much. I mean, you get to see you get to see uh, Ariel go back home to Dita and their new child, um, and, and they're talking about Dita's talking about how she used to treat Ariel so bad, and you know, just like I used to tell you that you know liking your mom was weird, and it's not weird. You have a great mom, and Ariel's <laughs> like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> it took me all this time, but I finally know.
1: About time.
0: Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Um, And, I mean, as as we mentioned, you see the whole resolution with Lelia and Krim, who I laugh almost every time I hear his name said because it sounds like they're saying Cream. Cream. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Cream. Iggy! (laughs) Uh,
1: But then, like, the real real, uh, hitter comes when, like, the final scene when there's another uh, uh, jump in time. Another yeah and stick. it's a
0: huge jump in time I think it's by far the largest jump, time jump mm-hmm. that you see in the story and you don't yeah. immediately realize it's a time jump because of course Machia doesn't really change her appearance that much at least she doesn't look like she ages that
1: much but um, then you see Ariel's granddaughter and it's like yeah, oh you see
0: Ariel's granddaughter you've gone straight from the birth of his daughter to his granddaughter being like looking like she's maybe what four or five years old
1: something like that yeah
0: yeah and yo know Maki's like, "Hey, where's your grandfather?" And He's like, "Come with me, <laughs> <laughs> which is something you always want to tell a stranger <laughs>
1: and, the, and that meeting sort of meeting between Ariel and Maki at the end is like that, that's rough
0: there's Ooh. only there there's only two words well I would say two sentences exchanged between them um Ariel opens his eyes and he says, Um." What does it say? Welcome uh, back. I, no, he says, I, you're, you're home, or you're back. Yeah, And, and, uh, and Makia looks at him and says, I'm home. It's like, oh, God. Oh, my heart. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, God, no.
1: <laughs> and then it keeps going because, of course, they're going to show flashbacks and all yeah. the scenes of them together. It's like
0: and then oh the the kicker i mean as much as the the flashbacks and everything are the kicker is that when ariel closes his eyes and you know he dies she pulls out of like makia pulls out of her bag the Mm -hmm. um the hebio that they that he had actually burned that night that he came home drunk yeah that she kept it all this time and she just places it on top of him right after he dies in his bed it's like oh
1: Oh God, no, and, no! And it doesn't stop there. And then no, She no, no. leaves the house.
0: Uh, yeah, she <laughs> leaves the house, and of course, the little granddaughter comes up and gives her the dandelions because yeah. you know, little kid. And then that's when the whole flashback thing starts. and you see, you mm-hmm. see Ariel from going from like this toddler to this kid, the teenager, and growing up. And, and the great thing about this flashback is they didn't just use scenes that we had already seen you see stuff that you hadn't seen before, but, I mean, you realize it's still part of a flashback. That's the way to do a flashback. Mix in some stuff that you haven't actually seen before, but you know is taking place at the same time.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, you see that, and, of course, this whole time, there's this great fucking, like, musical piece that's welling up, and it's so emotional, and it's so great, and then it's like... Yeah, it keeps
1: escalating, and escalating, and escalating. And, mm.
0: and then you see Makia turn around, and she's looking back at the house that she just came from, and she's like... And of course, many, many years ago, she made that promise that, you know, good mothers don't cry. And then she's looking back, and she says, sorry, Ariel, your mom's gonna break promise, and then she just starts breaking down and crying. That's the part when I lost it in the theater. Yeah. It's like, uh Oh, God no
1: Machia yeah, okay I'm not crying you're crying yeah
0: <laughs> it's nervous condition <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that just that that scene itself like a, as I mentioned the part if, if the movie had ended at the part with the dragon flying off I mean that that alone would have made it a great movie but everything and especially the scene that comes after it makes this a 10 out of 10 in my mind despite mm. some of the issues that the movie does have. I still gave it a 10 out of 10 mostly it's because it's a fantastic it wraps, movie. Yeah. It wraps things up so well with this scene. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, you go into that. I guess we can call it an ED. It's the end credits and that song. Oh my God, that song. Mm. That, oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> you got very emotional when we watched it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Viator by R- R- Rianos. I think that's how you say it. Rianos is the name of the, of the song. Um uh, mm. Yeah, uh, by the way, viator in uh Latin means journey.
1: Of course it is. Fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God damn it. I just like it, that that whole like the last 10 minutes just bring everything together so well and that alone makes it a 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, everything that came before it was great and I just uh
1: what uh, a great movie. Yeah. It
0: is. It is. It's just so many allusions to things that so many people, I think, can relate to. And mm-hmm. the fact that it all comes together so well in the end. Bless Mario Kata. Yeah. Hell of a directorial debut.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like, ever since Makia and uh, more recently for me, Anohana, I mean, I've been, like, keeping track of, like, things to come from her and super excited to see more of whatever she's, she has in store.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I... I mean, P.A. Works obviously saw a lot of potential in this, and thank God they did because it certainly it certainly paid off, not just for them, but for the audience as well. Mm. Um, I'm really hoping that more studios, or maybe just P.A. Works in general in the future, will just throw a bunch of money at Mario Kata and just say go because that seems to be what they did here. Yep. And it worked out. Mm-hmm. I just never, if you see Mario Kata's name attached to anything, just give it a try. Um, with the exception of Keysniver,
1: sometimes don't you get a Keysniver or a Fate Stay Night. Sometimes you get Machia, so you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I give her a little bit of leeway on Keysniver because she actually came to the Studio Trigger with like three seasons worth of stuff, and Trigger's like, yeah, "We don't that, have the a, money for this." Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's Machia. I mean, it, it'll. If you, First of all, I'm assuming since this was a spoiler cast, you've already obviously seen this if you've
1: made it this far. Um, I really hope for anyone who uh, made it this far without watching the movie that, uh, yeah. well... <laughs> um, but Oops. if you
0: have watched this, and you get a chance to sit down with your mother and watch this movie. Mm. Because I did with my mother, and it was a great experience. Even though my mother is not really big on animation, she seemed to enjoy it. Mm. And it gave us something to talk about afterwards, so... Yeah, if you haven't, sit down with your mother and watch this because it's a great, it's a great thing to sit down and watch with, and she doesn't even have to be your biological mother; just whoever you call mom.
1: <laughs> yeah, she could be from like a land far away where they're like immortal and shit. That's fine.
0: Yeah, or <laughs> if you ha- if you can't go and sit and watch this with your mother, just call her and tell her how you yeah, feel. Yeah, that's always because, a good idea because eventually she won't be there. And you'll wish you could have picked up the phone and talked to her. On that sad note, thank you all for dropping (laughs) in to listen to us. uh, Shut up. I was trying to make a good point. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future. Or if you have ideas for shows you would like for us to do SpoilerCast for as well. Links to all these things. Will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight,
1: Ariel. (laughs) Good night, (laughs) Makia.